is uh, Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hilbin. Good morning, Matt. Thank you so much for coming in today. Good morning, Jeff. Great to see you this morning. How has your summer gone so far? You know, our summer has been uh, busy but good. You know, there's... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we, we think summer is so long, but uh, for those of us, uh, you know, who are working year round at the school, you know, buildings and grounds, technology staff, people doing curriculum work, uh, people uh, working on processes and operations for the new school year, it, it can go by in what seems like a blink of an eye. And yesterday, of course, we hit, you know, one of the nor uh, real significant markers of the summer. Our uh, Raider High School athletic practices uh, started their fall seasons yesterday. So, there's just such a great energy around town and on our campuses when those practices start. So, you know, I know that the entire community joins me in wishing our uh, Raider student-athletes an excellent fall season, one that's filled with growth not only athletically, but those life lessons uh, that you learn from educational-based athletics. And I always, uh, at the beginning of every year, I really think about our kids and hoping that they you know, learn graciousness in both victory and defeat. That's one of the great life skills that you can get from a high school athletics. So our coaches, our staff, our new activities, John, uh, Director John Mahal doing just a fantastic job getting things underway. So go Raiders. We're excited <laughs> and uh, looking forward to a positive fall season. Absolutely. No question about it. Let's uh, talk about the uh, school board meeting. The first school board meeting of August is also kind of a, a milestone. It's uh, You've got just a few weeks left before uh, you, the start of school. So let's uh, talk about some of the things you discussed last night. First of all, the uh, continuing uh, improvements uh, at the schools. You got a couple of reports last night. Yes, and so this is the time of year. There's a there's a cadence to how we do reports to the school board over the course of the year, and we're entering the phase over the next few meetings where uh, our school principals and uh, program directors will be uh, sharing their annual continuous improvement plans. You know, our district really focuses on our vision and our strategic commitments and achieving the benchmarks that uh, the board has approved as the those indicators of the health of the system and really transparency to the community about how we're doing uh, across all of those 11 benchmarks that we've identified as uh, important things that would signal success of our school district. So uh, last night we heard from our community education program, uh, Aaron Bailey, and also our area learning center, uh, Daryl Keller, the director there. Uh, community Education's Continuous Improvement Plan continues to focus their improvement on our services to our youngest learners. So we've talked many times, Jeff, about how important early learning is when we think about um, pursuing academic excellence across the entire system. You know, we're not only working with the students who are in the system right now, helping them improve their academic and social skills, but we know that if we can uh, have students get a great start have an excellent preschool experience for those students who want it, and that when kids come to kindergarten ready, when they have those readiness skills, we know that we are able to take them from that point and really accelerate their growth throughout the rest of their K-12 system. So a uh, second year in a row, really happy to report that the students who participated in our uh, Early Ventures program at the Northfield Community Education Center, uh, when we looked at their results last fall, 100% uh, of those students who attended Early Ventures were deemed kindergarten ready. It's also, uh, we believe, the most diverse preschool and or a diverse childcare center in Northfield. And so this is just a great news. It shows that our teachers are working incredibly hard, great partnerships with families. We have a solid curriculum and that those kids are going into uh, the, 
the school, their K-12 experience ready for kindergarten. And we know that it's such an important milestone. So that really the, the crux of the community education plan, looking back at last year and then using some similar goals uh, for next year. They have outstanding relationships with their parents. They're going to continue to work on parent engagement. ALC, continuing to work on attendance and credit recovery. Remember, any student who get who is uh, enrolls at our Area Learning Center, which I will uh, remind people was an award-winning, was the state um, exemplary program in 2017. Everyone's there for a different reason, but one of the commonalities is those students' difficulty getting to school. So attendance is always a focus every year at the ALC. They have eight grading periods as opposed to four. And you know some people might say, well, just go to school. Well, what I'm going to tell you is that some of the students at the ALC you know, uh, deal with hurdles and challenges that uh, most adults listening would curl up in the fetal position just thinking about. And these students are really overcoming challenges and hurdles to get to school, to do their best, and to graduate. So we're so proud of our ALC teachers and uh, the program there. And so those continuous improvement reports, Jeff, they're about looking back at how do we do on our last year's goals and what are the goals that we're looking ahead to this year. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman, is uh, with us, and we have quite a bit to talk about today, so let's move on. You have a, uh, the school has another a new partnership. Tell us about that. We're very excited to um, be preparing to enter into a contract with Sharing Our Roots, and as you know, Sharing Our Roots is a, a cooperative-based farm, I, I believe it's just north of town, and they really focus on helping uh, immigrants have uh, access to plots of land to do gardening and a little bit of farming, and so Uh, People who have an agricultural background but might not have the ability to purchase land on their own, they help them have access to that really important part of their culture. And, of course, we've got many uh, uh, passionate gardeners in this community, so our, our immigrant friends and neighbors are also passionate about that. We've long had a community garden just to the west of the Northfield Community Education Center, just on the west side of that uh, soccer field. When we did the updates to those facilities between 2018 and 2020, we expanded the size of that community garden by about 30%. The challenge we were facing is that there wasn't uh, a water line uh, that goes out to that community garden. So there was a large um, uh, bucket, if you will, a huge bucket, you know, a, a drum, if you will, that uh, water was collected and, and used in that way. Sharing our roots was able to secure a grant to be able to get water to, directly to the community garden. And the contract that the board will consider on August 28th, they heard it last night, we'll ask them to approve it on August 28th, really simply shows that Sharing Our Roots is going to be leasing that property, but really for the purposes of paying the water bill. So uh, Sharing Our Roots is going to pay for all of the water that goes to that community garden. One of our strategic commitments is to partnerships, Jeff, and we think this is a great way um, for our community to see that. Our youngest learners at the NCEC also have a little plot at that community garden, mm-hmm. and so sometimes you'll see our preschoolers out there looking at uh, what they're growing, and so it's it's an exciting partnership with Sharing Our Roots. We're really thrilled to to be entering into it. Yeah, that's a that's a cool thing getting the preschool uh, preschool kids involved with that, and just to, to show them what uh, you know how plants work. <laughs> that's a, absolutely that's a neat thing. Science, Jeff. Science. It is science. Yeah. Let's the middle school. You uh, had some conversations about uh, middle school days there. Yes. Tell. Yeah. So as as we all know, uh, the district uh, because of declining enrollment uh, and chronic state underfunding had to make uh, some substantial budget reductions in the last couple of years. And and this year uh, at the Northfield Middle School, the board had approved moving from uh, the seven-period day that we've had for a long time to a six-period day in 2024-25. At the time, it was the best solution to reach the reduction target uh, of two FTE, 
um, that the middle school was charged with reducing. Uh, it allowed us to maintain the existing departments, uh, still give kids some choice, but there were also trade-offs with it. It was, it's, we certainly were doing it because of budget reductions, you know, not for any other reason. After the budget reductions were made, uh, you know, we're constantly looking at data and it's a dynamic situation. And so we had a few new uh, wrinkles that emerged that allowed us to look at how we could achieve that two FTE reduction differently. And basically, Jeff, it started with the retirement of a, a long time and excellent teacher in our school system, an eighth grade geography teacher, Kurt Mickelson retired. And uh, at that time, the geography department uh, suggested that they felt that they could accomplish all of the state standards in geography in one semester as opposed to a year-long class. So uh, Daryl Sawyer, outstanding uh, geography teacher, uh, he did some work to map out to make sure that all of the state standards could be accomplished in a one-semester everyday course, uh, along with some of the wonderful projects that our students have really enjoyed in that eighth-grade geography class. And uh, Daryl did excellent work uh, and, and showed that we could do that. So we, through attrition, did not replace uh, Kurt's position, and so that saved some dollars this year. And then we are planning to move ahead with uh, the um, taking, we used to have a one reading class and one writing class in sixth grade. Reading will continue every day, but writing uh, in 24-25 will shift to every other day. So by doing that geography change and then moving ahead with our writing change, we uh, were able to achieve the FTE target reduction that the middle school had and that allows us to maintain this uh, seven-period day. So we proposed that to the board last night. Some other real benefits, Jeff, for our students. During the budget reduction process, we heard from families about the importance of having middle school electives and that students can have a study hall. And interestingly, because of our declining enrollment and the way that is shifting and the number of sections that we would need for our other traditional electives, it actually opens up more electives in both 8th grade and 6th grade. So, again, we, um, we don't just set it and forget it. Say, yeah, we, you know, we, we did that. We, we cut that. We're going to make that change regardless. When we have new information, we have new data, we have another creative way that was not available to us at the time that we had to make those budget decisions, we certainly look at how can we uh, improve things. And so uh, Principal Jelenol made this presentation last night. We'll ask the board to vote on it on August 28th. And I think it just shows that budgeting is, is not just a one-time-a-year thing, right? It's an ongoing part and that when we see different solutions that can still achieve our stewardship goals and our financial targets and also offer to the community the best of, of what we've heard from them, uh, we think that that's a win-win for everybody. Superintendent uh, Matt Hellman is with us from the Northfield School District. You mentioned uh, summertime is a very busy time behind the scenes, getting everything together. There's so many things. And one of your partners, uh, Benjamin Buss, is, uh, shares in that workload. They got a... Uh, a big load to, to 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 make sure all these kids get to school and get to school safely. Uh, did you uh, was last night was the action you took last night was that uh, just approving the contract or uh, talking about the contract? Yes, it was approve it. We discussed the contract at the July board meeting. This is a contract extension, so we signed a new contract with Benjamin Bus a few years ago, and then we have a really kind of the midpoint of what that contract would be would be we'd have the opportunity to do a contract extension and so we agree to the terms and conditions for the next couple of years so in uh, what we're going to see in 2324 is a 4% increase and another 4% increase in 2425 uh and we also were able to uh, increase the fuel cause uh, from $2.75 per gallon to $3 per gallon and that's an important piece because 
you know, when we originally negotiated that uh, fuel escalation clause, which means Benjamin Bus will now pay all of the fuel costs up to $3 a gallon. If it gets over $3 a gallon, then they bill the district for that difference. And, you know, when we uh, originally signed this a few years ago, you know, gas was far below $2.75. Well, I don't need to tell people filling up at the pump, you know, what it's been, you know, since we really saw some inflationary pressure. And so this will really uh, put the district in a good position. And again, great partnership with Benjamin Bus. They are they are local. We've used them for decades, uh, but they also are really committed to giving us a fair deal uh, to provide excellent service to our families and also uh, at a reasonable cost. So we're grateful to enter into another two-year relationship with Benjamin Bus. I want to thank uh, Rich and KYMN for helping us get the word out. One of the pieces that we did with our budget reduction process was we said we wanted an opt-in transportation piece. There are no fees. You know, we had discussed some fees. We did no fees, but it's helpful to Benjamin Bus when they're doing the routing in the summer to be able to know who exactly is going to be riding because every year circumstances and families change a little bit and. Maybe somebody's not going to ride this year that last, did last year, but if we plan those stops, that becomes a, a less efficient system. So our deadline for opt-in was last Friday, uh, August 11th. Uh, people got numerous reminders. They got uh, uh, phone calls, uh, automated phone mm-hmm. calls, text messages, emails, social media posts. Uh, KYMN uh, you know, had it on the air. Uh, we sent a postcard to anybody who had not registered as of yet. That was about 800 postcards, maybe a week or two before uh, the the deadline. So uh, we really hope people paid attention to at least one of those things and and did their opt-in with Benjamin Buss. And and if for some reason you didn't, please call out there today and and tell them that you're going to use our transportation system. Yes, it's beyond the deadline. We can't guarantee that you'd be able to have transportation the first day of school, but they'll do what they can to make it work. All right. So did you have good response in the end? Have you heard back on that yet? Still crunching the data. I just haven't heard. It was that we were going to do some analysis yesterday. I haven't heard the results of that. All right. Uh, Superintendent Hillman, once again, our guest uh, this morning. Uh, E-learning was uh, another topic last night. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, as we sit here, uh, you know, when I heard it was going to be into the 50s, I heard KYMN report yesterday it was going to be in the lows, we're going to be in the 50s, and we all start thinking, oh, the 50s aren't that far from the 30s. <laughs> and so uh, while it's a beautiful day here in downtown Northfield, Minnesota, we also have to be thinking about the winter. And, you know, our board approves the use of e-learning days when we adopt the calendar. But remember, e-learning days are, are when we just aren't able to go to school due to weather reasons. There's only one optimal number for me of cancellations every year for weather, and it's zero. Uh, but we have Minnesota winters like we had last year, record-setting snow, timing that was, of course, uh, difficult for transportation in some circumstances. So we used the most e-learning days last year uh, that we did since 2019. And I'm hopeful because I, I heard another meteorologist say that this looks like a drier winter, which we will take. Uh, and so, but we're planning for our e-learning for those days where Minnesota winter weather just, you know, doesn't allow us to be able to go to school. Remember the first day, uh, is always, uh, uh, a traditional Minnesota snow day. That's a rite of passage, but on the second and subsequent cancellations, uh, due to weather, we would implement our e-learning plan. Very similar plan to last year. I do want to share with families toward, the, it was a long winter and we had some feedback at the end of the winter. People were kind of tired of some of the e-learning and everyone was, Thankfully, most years we don't use all five of those days, but want to remind people that, you know, if for whatever reason we have to call an e-learning day and your family just can't do it that day, you call the school office and we will excuse the absence. No different that if we have school and a parent says, you know, the roads in my area just aren't safe enough for me to be comfortable for me to send my child to school, 
In that case, if a parent calls the school office and says, I just don't think it's safe for my child to travel today, we excuse that absence as well. So it goes both ways. So if a parent gets up and says, I just cannot do e-learning today, simply call your school office and we'll excuse the absence. All right. Uh, what else did you talk about? It was a busy uh, agenda We had a lot on night. the agenda last night. You know, I'll, I'll share one more item, Jeff, is that uh, I guess I heard Richard talked about this in the preview of the board meeting. Uh, we are looking to hire a grant writer. So we pitched the idea in July to the board. They were amenable to it. We brought a, a proposal last night uh, to hire a halftime grant writer. There's $230 million just associated with the 2023 Minnesota legislature that's available in competitive grants, quite a bit of which aligns with our district's strategic plan. Beyond that, you know, the U.S. Department of Education and then numerous other foundations have uh, grants that over the years Norfield has been successful uh, in getting. There's a lot to a grant, right? First of all, there's identifying the grants that are in alignment with what we're trying to do here. We're not just going to chase money. We're going to look for money that would help us achieve our strategic plan benchmarks. We need someone to write the grant. We need someone to understand the systems and the programs that we have and what the grant is looking for. Then you need someone to do the reporting of the grants. And so our proposal last night was to do a halftime uh, grant writer position for this school year. We believe that um, we are would be able to charge enough of those administrative costs. You can charge a small percentage of administration to each grant, and we're confident at a halftime uh, grant writer to begin with that we'd be able to cover the costs to have the position with the grants themselves. Now, we did uh, have a conversation with a local community um, partner over the weekend uh, about the possibility of um, having a shared position, a full-time shared grant writer position that just emerged. So we're looking into that. I think what the community needs to hear is that we are going to seek additional funds outside of the community. We have long done that in partnership with a number of other uh, entities in the community, but we're going to be more proactive uh, about those grants that would really help us achieve uh, the benchmarks in our strategic plan. We're not going to just say, oh, that looks like a pretty fun grant. That's not how it's going to roll. If there's a grant that has money available for things that would um, improve our academic or uh, social-emotional data or outcomes for students, those are the kinds of things that we're going to pursue. Is that type of position becoming more common among school districts? Are there many school districts that have a a dedicated grant writer? Uh, I think there's less than you might think. I, I think if you think if you consider the metro area, I would say there's more. Uh, we just did a little bit of a survey uh, of school districts that are on a list to serve uh, personnel administrators throughout the state, and uh, we asked about you know who has a grant writer and and what do folks pay for that kind of position. Uh, we had very few responses, most of which saying we should think about that. And so mm-hmm. I do think we'll be on uh, the leading edge, and there is an advantage because if you know how the grant systems work, you have a, an, uh, an inside track on making sure that you're able to uh, secure those funds. All right, Superintendent uh, Hillman, once again, is our guest right now. Is there anything else we should know about before we uh, start school? School's going to be here before you yeah, know it. It's less than a month. So the, yeah. the, thank you, Jeff, again, for KYMN, for all of your support of the schools and, and the, uh, the streaming that you're going to continue to do through Northfield Live, just an exciting partnership that we have. We have... All of almost all of our teaching positions filled. We have a few long-term substitute positions I think that are still going to be filled, but we do have a need for several hourly positions. So if you have an interest in making a difference for kids, check out our website, northfieldschools.org forward slash employment. And we have custodial positions available. We have 
educational assistant or more commonly known as paraprofessional positions available. We have a few child nutrition um, positions available. If you want to substitute, if you've got a four-year degree and you want to substitute teach, uh, you don't have to do it every day. We'll help you with that process. And uh, so that's an important thing. And then the other thing that is really probably the biggest pressure point for us is if you have time in the morning or the afternoon, we're looking for around 10 people to support our Ventures uh, school-age child care program. So that is people who are there early in the morning when parents drop their kids off at school to be able to have that service until school starts. And then after school until around 6 o'clock for when parents pick up their students. These are people who are paying for that before and after school child care. We currently are having to wait list families who would like that service because we just don't have enough staff. So if you've got some time in the morning or afternoon and you'd like to contribute and do something good for your community, uh, consider logging on to NorfieldSchools.org. Click that employment button. We've got some great hourly positions that uh, I can I can tell you education is a wonderful uh, field to work in. You really see the difference that you make. Kids are wonderful. It's a great community to serve in, and we'd love to have you as part of our district team. All right. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming in. Much appreciated. My pleasure, Jeff. Thanks. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. 95.1 FM and AM 1080, KYMN Northfield. We've got uh, news coming up next with the Minnesota News Network. Now may be the right time for you or a loved one to consider joining Northfield Retirement Community. Leave behind the worry of home maintenance and repairs to join a supportive community welcoming you to your new home. NRC has a variety of housing options to enjoy with your own furnishings and available options of in-home personal care services. Reach out to our caring and compassionate staff when you're ready for a visit or review all of our living options at northfieldretirement.org. Northfield Retirement Community, innovation, choice, tradition. Minnesota News Network, I'm Tasha Radal. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison